0: Hey, y'all. It is I, Raquel Dene of RaquelAdanae.com, communication stylist and encouragement extraordinaire. How we doing this morning? And yes, for me, it is morning. I don't know if you hear the raspiness in my voice, but we're getting it in early. I've got my coffee nearby, my blanket on my lap, and I just want to pop in and have a quick chat about something that I've been thinking about this morning. I think many of us have heard or read or seen online um, the five love languages. And they are physical touch, quality time, words of affirmations, gifts, and acts of service. I used to be a firm believer in, you know, the whole love languages. I am what I am and this is how I like to be loved and then you know life happens and you see that in different seasons of life you want or you need or you feel loved in different ways right and I know that this conversation is not a new one this is not you know this grand idea that I've come up with but it is something that I am putting into practice showering myself with what I need in my own love language. I know it seems so simple, right? Like common sense, do for you what you want done, you know, put your life mask on before you try to serve others. But so often we're gasping for air and then upset that nobody sees us gasping and they won't give us what we need to fill us up. And when I say we, I mean me, (laughs) but I am learning to do those things for myself. So while I love a good gift, especially on my birthday. I don't know about y'all, but birthdays are big. It's like might as well be a national holiday. But while I love a good gift um, or sweet surprises, my dominant love language is physical touch. Following right behind is quality time. Now, maybe it's the only child in me that likes to have the attention and the affection and all of the things, right? Because I was the sun in the solar systems of my family units, basically my whole life, you know, I'm the only child, I was the only daughter for my godparents, um, the only grandchild or the first grandchild for my grandparents with my parents. Um, so that sense of my presence being the warmth of the sun for people (laughs) is something that I knew well, and I enjoyed it. And even now as an adult, um, I like knowing that, you know, a person could be doing lots of things, but they choose me. And I say that to my friends all the time, all the time. Time is our most precious, non-renewable resource. And you choose to give me yours. And I don't take that lightly. But here's what I'm having to notice in the season of life that I'm in. Sometimes you got to figure out how to encourage yourself, how to love on yourself, and how to lessen the expectation of others by filling your own cup. I don't know about y'all. Maybe you can send me some tips. It's hard. It's hard because as a recovering people pleaser, I have spent the majority of my life filling my cup merely to be able to fill other people's. And and when I filled my cup, it, it wasn't even really with things that filled me. It was just things that I could use to fill other people. And unfortunately, I spent years of my childhood, adolescence, young adulthood. I mean, ooh, honey, thank goodness for therapy. Using my life and my words and my energy to fill the cups of other people, to please other people, to anticipate the needs of other people. And now at 37, almost 40, this big age, I'm like, yeah, nah, because I don't know if any of you have ever made coffee in a traditional coffee pot, like old school with the filter. You got the metal carafe or the glass carafe at the bottom. You know what I'm talking about. Um, The way we made coffee before there were Keurig's, Now, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I remember working in an office and my coworker forgot to turn the coffee maker off after she drank the last cup of coffee. And she put that carafe under there and it got hot and it eventually cracked because there was nothing in it, right? There was no liquid for it to warm. And so it cracked. I think that's how I, and unfortunately many of us, live life too often we give and we give and we give and we get down to the last drop and instead of you know throwing that old filter out putting a new one in and putting in what we need we just sit ourselves like that empty coffee pot back in a situation or back in daily life without preparation or prayer or really truly honestly understanding what we need. And then we crack under the pressure. And I have cracked many a time in my life. Um, I can typically look back now that I've had three, four years worth of therapy, lots of honest conversations with the Lord, and really just vulnerable communications with my inner circle. But I can look back and see the moments where I was cracking or where I had cracked. And I, I know what that looks like. And in thinking about those, I know how that feels. And so while none of us can say, well, I will never let that happen again, because <sighs> I'm also working on staying away from absolutes, always, never, you know, things like that. Um, it's very apparent to me that part of what led up to my cracking under pressure Was the hope that someone would see that I was under pressure, right? The hope that someone would see or smell smoke figuratively and say, What's wrong? What do you need? How can I help you? Let me put out your fire. And unfortunately, I have been and honestly still am really good at smiling and performing under pressure. Some people can't. Some people, the kitchen gets hot, they go sit down. Kitchen gets hot. I pull out a towel and make some ice water and I keep it pushing. Now, I'm learning to go sit my behind down somewhere. But it's a struggle, you know, learning new skills, unlearning past behaviors. Those things are difficult. So I'm baby stepping this joint. You hear me? Little things like buying new sheets. We talked about that before. And FYI. (laughs) I still love these sheets y'all let me tell you if you need to pick me up get you some new sheets you know what go all out save your dollars and get you a new mattress because nothing like some good comfortable sleep but buying myself flowers I like flowers and low-key I like to buy things on sale it makes me feel like I did a good deed so going to the grocery store and buying Two or three bouquets of flowers for the price of one, because then I feel like I got a good deal, right? Um, Preparing meals for myself. I'm still working on this because I don't know about y'all, but I cook because I have dependents who need to eat, not necessarily because I enjoy the process. I just like to eat, but making meals that I enjoy so that I can enjoy them, not just for the sake of nourishing my body or providing sustenance to others. Candles, I went through a phase a couple of years ago where it was like, oh, buying candles is literally burning money. But you know what? I have a thing about smells. And if I'm gonna be spending quality time with myself, I want my space and environment to smell good. And I want it to be pretty. And I want things to feel soft and comforting. And that is what helps me feel the quality time aspect for myself. The time that I spend making my bed or picking out a new candle or trimming my flowers to fit in the vase or figuring out where to put the flowers, those things are quality time with myself. And I'm still learning, but I fill my cup as I can. And I can literally feel the difference as I fill that cup. And then there's physical touch. Now, listen. We're all grown here. That one's a little trickier. You know what I mean? It is. And so often I had equated physical touch with physical intimacy or sex. And that goes back to some very early childhood situations that, you know, we're not getting into this morning. It's a little deeper than the couch is ready to go because I haven't even finished my coffee. But I've had to learn how to feel that need. And one of the major ways I do it is hugs. One of the hardest things for me to adjust to during the quarantine, during COVID, was the lack of hugs. I am surrounded by people, friends. They're not even friends. Most of y'all are family, right? Sisters, cousins, to me. But they give the best hugs. And sometimes a hug feels like home, feels like coming home. And so I've been real intentional about telling my friends, like, hey, what do you need? I'm like, I need a hug. And the beauty of my village is they will pull up on me or be like, what are you doing? Come here now. Bring your babies. Bring the things. Come on. Let's fellowship. Let's fill your cup. And it has done wonders, not only so that I don't feel empty but also knowing that I'm providing these things for myself, that I am not walking around with lack waiting for someone else or that I need someone else to do it for me. There's an empowerment that comes when we are serving ourselves as well as we serve others. And I've, I've said this to multiple people in my village lately. I love well, and I love being loved well. So often we we love people and maybe not in their love language. So we feel like we're trying, and they don't feel like we're trying. And there's this disconnect. But in this season, I'm loving myself well so that I can give love to others. Because how dare I feel somebody else's love language and not my own? And when I say someone else, I mean like my children, um, my family, my friends. People that I care about, people in my community, my neighbors, you know, we are called to love each other as ourselves. That is the greatest commandment. Jesus said, Love your neighbor as yourself. But how can we love someone else if we're not loving on ourselves? How can we give to others, but secretly condemn ourselves? Eventually, that condemnation, that shame, that guilt, whatever it is, is going to spill out or pour out or explode on those around us. And so as I finish my coffee this morning and I bask in the fact that I've been up for two hours in the quiet of my home and the children are still, well, I don't know what they're doing. I, they may be awake, but they're not here on the couch. This time, this space to be with you is renewing. And I just filled my cup. I created space to fill my own love language of quality time by being intentional about coming to the couch today. I appreciate you for meeting me here and I don't take it lightly. You give me your time and you listen to my words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And I am so grateful to each and every person who joins me in these moments. We're on this journey together, friends, and none of us knows how it ends. But guess what? Every day that we wake up is another opportunity to take a few more steps along the way. So, As I finish up this coffee and prepare to put on my mom hat, thank you for joining me. And until next time, see ya.